0: Arf, Pup is here with The Dog Dish, a podcast all about puppy play and the humans behind the hoods. If you listened to the previous episode, you heard me say, it's pretty clear that pup names are a big deal. I was all excited to bark at a couple more pups about their breeds and report back that it's clear pup breeds are also a big deal. Except that, uh, that didn't happen. I talked with four pups both near and far, both young and, uh, seasoned, both new to the scene and experienced, and every last one of them told me the same thing. We might talk a lot about dog breeds, but they're not critical to pet play. But don't skip the episode just yet. I want to make an argument here. I'm going to say that although associating with a dog breed might not be that important, understanding why we still talk about them and have a desire to choose one, that is important. To be clear, you can absolutely be fully involved in the pet play community without choosing or associating with a specific breed. But associating with a breed, much like associating with a Zodiac sign or a Myers-Briggs personality type, can give others clues to help them interact with you. Understanding how pups use dog breeds can also help you understand some of the variety that exists within the community. So with that as our goal, let's dig into those interviews. First, let's hear from Chipper.
1: Hello, uh, I'm Chipper Pup. I am Cincinnati Puppy 2021. I am a a baby at 22 years old and I've been a pup for going on two years now. I was a pandemic puppy, so moving on or like starting early, I didn't have a lot of community. So doing things like this and being in the community is what makes me happy and, and brings me joy and helps me find my space
0: here. On Facebook, where I met Chipper, his name is Chipper Dane. So based on your name, I assume that you are a great Dane?
1: I sure am a Great Dane, (laughs) like the (laughs) Great Dane. (laughs) I am big, and I am clumsy, and I have absolutely no spatial awareness, and I think I'm a lap dog, and I'm really, really, really not a lap dog. And it's just like everything that personality-wise would body a Great Dane in as a dog breed, I just, that's how I exist. So (laughs) it was kind of like a given. Um, and it's funny because I actually started out as like a, a chocolate lab. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm a chocolate lab. And then I like headbutted my partner one too many times and he called me a great dame and it just kind of stuck.
0: <laughs> That's funny. So, okay. So you had one sense of identity and then because of your interactions with somebody else, they suggested that you were wrong and that you were actually something that you didn't think you were.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, I didn't super, like have a whole lot of bearing um, with it at first, just because, I mean, at the time, I was still relatively new to pet play. I was, like, six months into being a pup. Um, so picking a breed wasn't super, super important to me. But I, I kind of picked it um, at first, I think, off of, um, like, the way I look compared to my behaviors, um, which, uh, like, in retrospect, is super interesting because... Um, like, like, breeds themselves can still have, like, many different variations and styles within the same relative breed. What really defines a breed most of the time is the behavior and the mannerism. So like, looking back on it, I feel like I probably should have just been a great day all along. I just wasn't really evaluating my headspace early on uh, in the way that I do now, of course, having been in it for a while and, you know, going, like, diving deep into the whole madness of it all.
0: That's interesting. So it, it sounds to me like um, in order to figure out your breed, you have to like go inside your head more than like the, the idea of like take a look at yourself, but not in the mirror more like inside your head and figure out how you work.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like, you're describing yourself as a character, you know, pick your adjectives, pick like the things that, uh, you know, best describe your essence, your sense when you're in your headspace. And then you start to come real. Oh, well, well, maybe maybe I'm protected, you know, maybe I'm, I'm really needy, you know, you have all of these facets, which, you know, they're at their core, you know, perhaps your your most authentic, quote, human personalities. But that's the thing about dogs For literally, you know, millennia, their personalities are way, way, way more akin to humans than I think often we're willing to admit. So if you take a minute and you decide, nine times out of 10, you're going to find a dog breed that matches up like exactly. It's almost like an astrological sign.
0: Chipper makes it sound so simple. I heard another nearly formulaic approach from Pup Eclipse. I'm Pup Eclipse.
2: You know, I just rebranded my name. I used to be Pup Lucifer, but not Pup Eclipse. Just kind of fits a little better. I'm 20. very young, I know. I'm from New Jersey, South Jersey specifically. And I've been in
0: the scene for about... One and a half years or so. So, so yeah, you you said use your disposition daily, hyper level alertness and attraction to people, add a color and boom match to a doggo, which I love. (laughs) Um, Would you say there's a lot more to it? Yeah.
2: I think in terms of looking at, you know, just animals in general, I found that, well, humans are, you know, the most, I would say, outward about their disposition, about who they are as people and their opinions, all that stuff. Animals are, more, are like that, but they're more so nonverbal, I would say. So I kind of just put that two and two together. And I was like, yeah, this makes sense because you know humans have a disposition, animals have a disposition, and no two animals, whether, whether they're the same breed or not, are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, OK, there's like a bit of a formula here. There's a science. So it's like a thing you can put together. And right then and there, I was like, OK, this can actually work. Mm-hmm. I can kind of speak for myself in that situation. So, like, for me, I know that as human me, I'm more or less just like outgoing, funny, really loud. Like, I'm the talk of the town. I try to like make my presence known. I love people. Um, but then, like, when I kind of get into that headspace, I'm more of like quiet. I'm more, I'll come to you for attention. I don't really need it. But like, if I want it, I'll beg you for it. I'll like, won't leave you until you give me attention um and i just find it really interesting how you can kind of like put those kind of separate but also kind of combine them into like your own disposition how you are as a
0: human or a pup so yeah so so you listed off three that uh kind of resonate with you malamute samoyed and uh, golden retriever um do those um Something tells me that you're more like golden retriever-ish as a human, and then the other two apply to you more when you're a puppy. How did you find those three particular breeds? Like what what process did you go through to uh to find those to to decide that those made sense for you and that sort of thing?
2: Well, for me, I just kind of see them a lot online anyway, because like they're really popular, everyone loves them. But I have like actually met these dog breeds in person i've gone to shelters i have friends who have these dog breeds or sometimes a mix kind of dog going on and you can kind of really see like the personality how the dog reacts how the dog doesn't react how the dog is like vocal or not all of these things and it did resonate with me because i was like i act like that i really do like that's kind of funny um, I know my friends also call me a golden retriever half the time because I'm so like energetic and hyper so it kind of made, it really
0: made sense that's funny so it's it's almost like you're saying you felt seen by a dog <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I did feel seen I felt seen I felt heard I was validated. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it actually makes sense. Yeah. um I, I i in in a number of folks that i've i've spoken with about this i keep hearing the idea that like if you're into uh the pet play scene you more than likely have experience with dogs like you probably just like being around them as mm-hmm. it is and so we more than likely have experience with a variety of breeds and we are more Mm -hmm. than likely able to say oh i know how that one behaves or or Mm -hmm. or such Um, and so it sounds like you're in that same situation where you had experience with them previous to getting interested in pet play and then once you got into this you're like oh wait i have prior knowledge that i can bring to this
2: i would say in in essence, I do have a little bit of experience because I've always been around people with dogs. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I was raised more of a cat person. Mm-hmm. Had cats all my life. And it just so happened that one day my mom was like, hey, I want a dog now. And then now we have a dog. But um I know for me a lot, it's a lot of like just like family friends. I have experience with their dogs, stuff like that.
0: When I when I was uh in high school, we had a uh, a dog and then my folks got another one after I moved out of the house and they were both mutts. Mm. And so my experience was always with a mutt. And so everybody's like, What breed are you? It was like, That's a thing. What? It's like, a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why why do we bother? Like <laughs> Um but then I found uh what it was I think it was like in a dog chow, had a little like what what breed of dog should you adopt kind of quiz <laughs> thing to take. And instead of answering what kind of dog I wanted, I answered like, how do I actually behave? And mm. uh the the thing gave me um uh clumper spaniel, which I had never mm. heard of before. And I have still yet to meet one in person. Um <laughs> so I'm I'm expecting like I'm gonna meet one, I'll be like, Oh my god, you're me. You are me, and I am you, and you're I understand <laughs> you at this like visceral level, and this is amazing. But I have no idea because I've never actually seen one. Like I've I've seen pictures and I've seen them on video, but right. never in person. And I'm I'm really really craving that experience because I want to know if I <laughs> if I react the same way you do, where you're like, yes, I feel seen and validated and heard by these dogs. It was like, will that happen to me? I hope so. <laughs> Goodness. Um. So you you. You've talked a lot about your disposition, your your energy levels, um, alertness, and attraction to people, and and you made it very clear that those are different when you're in headspace versus when you aren't, and that mm-hmm. very obviously explains the difference in the uh, the breeds that you've selected. Um, mm-hmm. the The last one that you you threw in, and I've I don't think I've seen anybody mention color as part mm-hmm. of the discussion of breed selection. Um, though I I incorporated it with mine because clumber spaniels are usually said to be uh, a white coat with orange spots and orange happens mm-hmm. to be my like trademark brand color as a kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, I was like this too even fits perfectly so I was surprised right. when you said out of color and I'm noting that you are not golden and yet you claim <laughs> to be a golden retriever so like. <laughs> Like how can you, can you talk through how that fits in? Does that matter? Or did you just throw that in just to be silly? Like, how does it work? I think in that moment, I think I was trying to be silly, but as I'm now
2: thinking about it, it does make sense. I think in, in this instance, I think adding like the idea of color, coat pattern, stuff like that really ties into people's personal aesthetics. So I know for me, I'm very much so like soft, Sometimes beige cottage core, like very, you know, chill. And I think I still fit with that golden retriever because I know like the coat color for golden retrievers is like very silky, kind of brown, beige color, very natural. That's how I am as a person. It's kind of my aesthetic. And I know that for some people, it's going to be something different. So for whoops and giggles, I know a friend who um really likes dark colors. Like blacks, grays, really really dark shades, red, blue, green, stuff like that. And I know that they would probably identify more with a dog that has very dark colors, like mm-hmm. maybe a black lab or something like that, or like a you know black poodle. I haven't seen a black poodle before, but like be oh, cool. they're out there. They um, exist. Okay. Okay. They're intense,
0: but they're
1: <laughs> they're intense.
0: <laughs> it's like this. Normally, poodles look like a cloud, right? So they're yeah. like a thunderstorm. They're a little thunderstorm trotting along
2: the side. <laughs> crazy. Well, watch out for those. You look yep. at them wrong, they're like, ah, rock. like,
0: yeah, lightning <laughs> bolt out of the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, and that just took a turn. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's reel it back in a bit here. Eclipse brought up the idea of picking breeds because they're popular. Chipper has a specific warning about that.
1: Because I know a lot of people will pick their favorite breed. Like, uh, I think probably next to Doberman, I think the most uh, popular breed that, you know, us in pet play typically choose is Corgi. And like, I mean, Corgi's are cute and Corgi's are fun, but like, how much do people really know about like Corgi's behavior-wise, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, like, there are so many people that that they're like, "I'm a corgi, I'm a corgi," and sometimes you feel like they have to remind you, like once once a week, (laughs) like, "Hey, by the way, I do have a dog breed, and it is a corgi."
0: And you'll never guess who we're hearing from next. I am pup
3: Corgo. I am a corgi human pup. I had
0: to, y'all. I couldn't
3: resist. A corgi human pup from here in New Jersey. I've been in the pup scene for, I've been active in the scene for like eight months now, but you know, I've been a pup kind of forever <laughs> and any of my friends would say the same thing. So, you know, you present your breed more
4: consistently, regularly, and enthusiastically than most people I know. And, and so it, it seems to hold a special, like a special spot for you. And so I want to kind of tap into that. You have mentioned to me before that you are a Corgo. Uh, and, and you presented that word as being different from a corgi. Uh, could you
3: elaborate on what that distinction is? So, I mean, I know people use them interchangeably a lot, but for me, corgo is my pup name. I am a corgi, but not all corgis are corgo. I'm corgi. I mean, maybe that sounds silly, but that's kind of how it is in my brain.
4: It makes me now think, which came first? Like, this sounds like a chicken or the egg thing. Were you, were you a corgi or a corgo
3: first? The, the corgi definitely came first. Okay. I started identifying with the breed. So, I mean, I've kind of always identified with dogs as a thing, even before you knew what puppy play was. I, I think it was in college. I took a course, like domesticated animals and stuff, specifically focusing on more like house pets and stuff. I was really interested in animal behavior, animal science, that sort of thing. And one of the units, we covered a whole unit on dogs, you know, how they were, like all the different purposes they were bred for and everything. And obviously there are way too many dog breeds that you could cover in a course. So he, what we had to all pick a dog breed and do a short paper on it like you know what the breed's purpose was why they were bred what their special features are etc and i ended up picking probably the Pembroke welsh Corgi just because i liked the picture of it and learned about it and the whole thing went from there the the pup name came from another random thing my first sir in the pup community pup squirt because i was like i don't really have a pup name i don't know what i'm gonna go by i could go by you know My online handle up to that point or whatever, but I I don't think that's my pup name. That's a name I've been using since like high school, and at some point he just ended up mistyping "corgi" as "corgo," and that was it. Nothing greatly profound about where the name came from, but I I felt like it definitely suited me, and you know that's just where it came from. And the rest, (laughs) as they say, was history.
4: That's a funny story. So it's it, it basically sounds like. You're, you picked your breed because it was a cute picture in, in a college class and yes, your name because
3: of a typo. You say it that way, it makes it sound really silly. What in Puppy Play isn't silly, though? <laughs> That's true. It was it, the, the breed thing, it was just kind of like the more I learned about it, I felt like it suited me really well. I've always been the type of person who I like to try to make others happy. And, you know, corgis look like they're always smiling or they're grumpy. Usually they look like they're smiling. I mean, both. I've seen grumpy Corgis that look like they're smiling. And, you know, they always have the big puppy grin. Corgis, I feel like, even when they're big, they always just have, like,
0: the puppy demeanor about them. So Corgo picked his breed first, then picked his name. For my fourth guest, it went the exact other way around.
5: My name is Turbo. I'm IPTC International Puppy 2016. Uh, Northwest Puppy 2016, because years are weird. 2015 IPC Best in Show. I wasn't an academic, (laughs) but I got better. (laughs) Okay, Um, that's getting personal now. (laughs) (laughs) And I've I've been a puppy since 2012 and anticipate being a puppy for the rest of my life.
0: You are the only person I know who identifies as a uh, greyhound. And so I'd like to kind of get that story, um, like w- what led you to that, how, how you made that decision, that sort of thing. Um, oh, you
5: look like you're already ready. Oh, it's not that interesting, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an extension of my name. Uh, the name came first. The breed was suggested by others to me just because I've, you know, I'm into cars. I've always been into cars, uh, was a street racer for many years uh going fast was always my thing Mm -hmm. um so i got the name turbo well i I ended up giving myself that name because after going like three months in 2012 without a name as a puppy i was like okay this is ridiculous i'm not gonna (laughs) find a handler in jacksonville freaking florida Uh, i need to name myself um so yeah, I, t- I took a couple of weeks too and real. <laughs> I, I, I just tried on names for a while. I wrote them down. I tried calling myself them and um, turbo was uh, very easy. It felt very comfortable. Um, it helps that I have a giant turbo tattooed on my back. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was known for having a big turbo in my car at the time. So mm-hmm. it made perfect sense. Uh, the Greyhound thing, at the time I was all of 120 pounds and six foot two. And, uh, I like to go fast. So it made a lot of sense. And, uh, a couple people, more than one person said, you're like a greyhound. And I'm like, all right, cool.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. So you, you got it based on physical attributes more than like, like you as a person or as a puppy do not go fast. You like getting into vehicles that go fast. Yes. Or Correct. both.
5: Correct. Yeah, I'm not a runner per se. No, I you know I don't get on bicycles. Uh, I prefer uh, an engine. <laughs> Give okay. me an engine. Can make make me go fast with an engine. Yes.
0: <laughs> Puppy wants the vroom vroom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so interesting. Okay. So the breed was suggested as, as a result of your interests and your physical stature, not yes. so much your behaviors. Correct. Interesting. I think you're the first person I've heard with that particular scenario. Usually it's like, "Oh, I act like this breed," and that's not what I'm hearing from you.
5: No, I act like, honestly, um my former service dog who was a rat terrier. Uh but I don't look like a rat terrier. So <laughs> but yeah, I, I got a lot of my mannerisms from my own dog, which makes <laughs> sense, you know, for 16 years he was by my side. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of my uh Okay, what would a dog do? Well, I just have to look down and see what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of the things I'm known for, which is you know ripping things up if they get in anywhere near me, uh, climbing on top of people, and just hanging out, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just and just uh, generally being uh, bratty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that all comes from my uh, my service dog Mojo, who was a rat carrier. So, I don't know if greyhounds act like this. I've never owned a greyhound or. Uh, I've interacted with them. They tend to flop on the couch and stretch out. I do that a lot also. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you got one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know I do that. And I know I just, um, people say, you know, I go really fast, do a lot of things and then just kind of crash, which is also something greyhounds do apparently. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So it's, it's almost like you grew into it. Uh, The, the, the label got applied to you and then you just sort of found ways to make it fit.
5: You yeah, know, I never really thought about it that much. Yeah. Um, so, how much of it was subconscious? Uh, I'm not sure. It wasn't really all that conscious. My behavior, as far as that goes, but uh, yeah, I suppose.
0: So, okay, you just said that you never really thought about it that much. So that that leads into the question of, like, how important is identifying a breed to you, to pups in general? However, you want to go with that.
5: To me. It was more at the time comfortable for other people. Like, what kind of dog are you? Well, oh, okay, I'm a greyhound, and they go, oh, okay. And then they move on to the next question. I don't have to go. Well, I don't know. I'm sort of brown dog. I don't know. You know what? <laughs> um, it, it, it just made that easier. And you know, the more I talked about it, the more I said, yes, I'm a greyhound. The more I identified with that with the greyhound and then when i had my first uh custom hood made i paid a lot of attention to what greyhounds look like in the long snoot and the colorings and everything mm-hmm. and had uh had the maker base it on that mm-hmm. and then i became known for having that massive long snoot that I impale people with in the pit and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure I've been smacked with that across the face at one point. Most people have. (laughs) If you've been close (laughs) to me while I'm wearing that hood, yeah, you probably got hit with
0: it. Get your attention. And then all of a sudden, there's like the side of a nose right in your face (laughs) face because you turn around (laughs) and go, what? Mm -hmm. It it becomes a high impact conversation. (laughs) 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 So the impression that I'm getting from you is that there's no real need to identify a breed. It's not very fundamentally important. It doesn't actually matter that much, but it seems to be this thing that is just sort of expected and that like other people think that you probably have. And so it becomes a point of conversation. And when people have an answer to that question, they feel like they know you better and they're able to move along.
5: Yeah. I feel like it's more important to other people than it is to me. (laughs) um which is fine you know uh the funny thing is 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 when people get it wrong i do get slightly offended (laughs) i'm like no i am not a great dane i am a greyhound thank you (laughs) (laughs) because the the long muzzle and the colorings they tend to tend to look very great danish but i'm not a great Dane. i'm a greyhound come on how lean i am meanwhile chipper's over here going i am i'm just
1: big and don't know what to do with all the space i take up which is very great data and that's the thing is i might know it like in a tangible aspect like the written characteristics of each breed but like i think generally speaking any person who interacts with bio dogs knows how dog breeds act they know a chihuahua is going to be a loud gappy, ankle biter they know that a great dane is going to try and sit on their lap even though that is the very last possible dog that should be trying to sit on anything's lap you know what i mean like there are certain qualities instincts that are ingrained in certain dog breeds that i think that us as you know people who enjoy going into our headspace those are the qualities that we're looking to latch onto anyway you know what i mean those are the qualities that we're looking to let go into so if you're finding most of those qualities that you like go into you're going to identify most with that breed which is why great dane eventually started to click so much for me even though i first thought i was a chocolate lab like the second great dane was said and the second i thought about it i was like well i don't think i can ever go back <laughs> <laughs> because i really am the clumsiest person i know i really do think that i can just like sprawl out over anyone and anything like i it is just inevitable <laughs> for me no matter like whether i'm thinking oh i'm gonna feel like a great dane, or if i'm like literally not even a headspace i can be just being a, a normal human and hanging out and i swear to god i will elbow check somebody in the face it is inevitable
0: so so it sounds to me like you had uh, enough familiarity with uh, various breeds before you got into pet play. And, and whenever you kind of settled in, you started looking at yourself and, and thinking, you know, what do I see here? And once you did, you recognized those behaviors in dogs that you were already familiar with. If somebody doesn't have experience working with a variety of dog breeds, uh, do you have any recommendations for them of how they could figure out what is a good fit for them?
1: Remember the dogs that you the bio dogs that you met in your life, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that generally speaking, you probably love dogs and you probably basically remembered every single dog you've ever met in your entire life and how they acted towards you and how you felt about them. You know, thinking about those relationships with animals, I I think that's the thing is we're so often concerned about how our relationships with people correlate with this, because I mean, it is obviously uh, like a human centric thing. There are no uh, like bio animals involved in what we're really doing. but. Our relationships between, like, with those animals, those animals' relationships with each other, that is the entire foundation of what we are doing together in pet play. So, just taking a moment to examine, you know, those relationships with real animals that you developed over the course of your life and how they acted towards you. Typically, you're bound to find one that's like, man, this one really clicked with me and felt like me. Like, I felt like I was hanging with myself. Almost every person has an animal like that. Um, so, you know, taking a moment to kind of recognize that, what traits in that animal you really clicked with, usually that's because you guys share similar traits, like the dog is going to be rowdy like you, or the dog's going to be calm like you, you know, the dog's going to want affection like you, or he's going to want space like you, you know, finding those, you know, experiences that you had with real animals in your life kind of gives you an idea to develop the behavior of what those specific breeds might be
3: so my general advice for this is the same as what a lot of puppy play with is just go with what feels kind of right to you there's no wrong breed and i don't feel like you should be especially focused on finding a breed i just i found it just kind of came to me like i said and just kind of felt right um and that would be my advice just go with what feels right to you if you want to look up dog breeds and it's really important to you you know go ahead no one's going to stop you but no one's going to insist that you have a dog breed either i know plenty of pups that have been in the scene Way longer than me that don't have breeds. And I know a couple that have changed breeds like three times. It's just kind of whatever feels right to you. And if you pick one and decide maybe this isn't what I am, no rule saying you can't change it. Saying a type of breed you are has some significance. People expect you to act or be a certain way based on what breed you're saying. Like, corgis are always peppy and energetic, huskies are crazy, etc. But I don't think it should be the the first thing that you try to define as your, your pupsona. I would also say the Corgi thing helps me when I get into headspace a bit too, which you know uh, hasn't happened a ton, but you know it does affect the way I act and stuff uh, when I kind of get into headspace. I, I do tend to be the herder of my group of friends, and I tend to be the one that, if like, you know we need to get somewhere on a certain time, I'm like, okay, we have to stop window shopping, and you'd start yeah. jumping up and nipping them. That would be so fun to watch. <laughs> Don't tempt me.
4: I think
2: because it's not often really like talked about or recognized, I feel like it's something that could kind of help the ball roll about how to handle people. I feel like if you kind of relate yourself to something as simple as a type or breed of dog, I feel like it gives people kind of an insight on who you are disposition wise, whether you're like as a person or in Headspace and that allows people to kind of tailor themselves to you. So there's more of like a connection, I would say. It's very much difficult to really get into the conversation of telling people like who you are, what you do, like how, who you are as a person, how you act, what are the things that are good or bad for you? And I think just making it a singular point that's really really laid back in terms of how you describe it, relating yourself to a dog and say, hell, this is how I act people are going to go, oh, that makes sense. I get it. I see it. I know how to handle you in that sense, because it's just kind of explaining explaining you. And I feel like out of conversation, depends on the person. You can talk about it just normally. You can describe it this way. You can have millions of other ways to say it. It's just kind of a new language, another type of way to describe. So it's not as important as just like any of the other basic conversations we have.
0: And, and I think if we take this into the canine world, uh, you don't have to know the breed of a dog to be able to interact with that dog or, or to play with it, have fun with it, that sort of thing. But if you do know its breed and you have experience with that breed, you probably know some of the more subtle ins and outs of how to n- navigate specific situations. But it's not essential.
5: I think the only thing I would add is that just like anything else, just like our sexuality and our gender and you know our desires and wants and our identities, um, they're fluid, and I wish people would realize that more, that it's okay to change. It's okay to sense that you are a different person or a different puppy than you were three, four, ten years ago. That's an okay thing. You don't have to remain where you're at for the sake of other people understanding who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more important that you're comfortable with yourself.
4: hmm
5: so if that means you need to change breeds or not have a breed or whatever, I, I, I think people need to be more comfortable with the fluidity of their identity.
2: I will say it's very interesting to see how people really choose. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, probably a lot, goes into who they are as a person into choosing their kind of like dog breed. That they really. Are akin mm-hmm. to and I think it's just the process is just funny, I think it's just like it gives like that sense of like kind of like giddiness like it's fun like it's just something you would just want to randomly do, and I feel like it adds kind of a layer of just you know interest it adds a layer of like curiosity it adds a layer of just fun and I feel like that's just
0: kind of how the community really should be you know just fun. Mm-hmm. so i i really like the way you said that because it, it sounds like you're suggesting the process of choosing uh of choosing a dog breed is itself like an extension of the community and an extension of this particular mm-hmm. form of, form of play and so we mm-hmm. just said that choosing a dog breed is not important it doesn't actually matter but at the same time if you do engage in that process that is a a specific thing that happens in this community and it does mm-hmm. indeed like illustrate and demonstrate why people are in this community because that process itself right. is fun and silly and ridiculous and you cannot take it seriously right. therefore it's kind of perfect yeah, yeah. if it's right there yeah so it sounds like choosing a dog breed is a silly, fun, helpful, but surprisingly non-essential aspect of pet play. That's a lot to think about. Thanks for listening to The Dog Dish, and special thanks to Pups Chipper, Corco, Eclipse, and Turbo for their time, perspectives, and insights. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy these conversations and want to keep them coming, if these episodes help you feel connected or informed, please help support the show's production. Imagine if you and I had these chats in a bar and you'd say, hey, let me buy you a drink. Consider sending that along to make sure everyone everywhere can benefit from these discussions. Just follow the Become a Patron link at dogdishshow.com. Thanks for helping out, and a special shout-out to Marco for his ongoing support. I really do appreciate it. The next episode will be about puppy contests, but that's a few weeks away. In the meantime, go train your favorite podcast player to fetch, so you'll hear the next episode once it's released. Or you can visit dogdishshow.com for all episodes for more information about the show and to get in touch. But until then, you stay. Stay tuned for more, that is. Arf!